Act Two of Melicerta, an heroic pastoral by Moliere, translated by Henri von Lomme, eighteen twenty through eighteen ninety six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Melicerte, Act Two. Scene One, Melicerte, Corinne. Ah, Corinne, you have heard it from Stella, and she has got the news from Lycarsis yes that myrtle's charms have touched the hearts of eroxene and daphne yes that they are so eager to secure him that both together have asked for his hand and that in their discussion they have decided to claim it this very hour how unwilling you are to speak and how little my misfortune touches you but what would you have me say this is the truth and you repeat every word exactly as I told them to you. But how does Lycarsis take this matter? As an honor, I believe, that ought to please him mightily. And do you not see, you who know my feelings so well, that, alas, with these words you pierce me to the heart? How so? By showing me thus plainly that implacable fate makes me of so little consequence as compared with them, is not the thought that they will be preferred to me on account of their rank enough to drive me mad? But I only answer and say what I think. Oh, you kill me with your indifference. But tell me, what feelings did Myrtle show? I know not. That is just what you ought to know, cruel girl. In truth, I do not know what to do. Whatever I do, I am sure to displease you. It is because you do not enter into the feelings of a heart too full, alas, of tender passion. Go, leave me alone in this solitude to pass a few moments of my anxiety. Scene 2 Melisset alone behold my heart what it is to love too well belize warned me of it that darling mother before her death said to me one day on the banks of the peneus beware daughter love always comes to young hearts surrounded by sweet guiles at first it offers naught but what is agreeable but it drags horrible troubles after it and if you wish to pass your days in peace, ever defend yourself from its darts as from an evil. And, oh, my heart, well did I remember those lessons, and when first I beheld Myrtle, when he played with me and paid me attentions, I always told you to delight less in them. But you believed me not, and your complacency soon changed into too much goodwill, you imagined naught but joy and pleasure from this budding love that flattered your desires. Now you behold the cruel misfortune with which fate threatens you in this ominous day, and the deadly pangs to which it reduces you. 
ah my heart my heart i warned you but let us if we can conceal our grief here comes scene three metho melisette i just now charming melisette took a little prisoner which i have kept for you and of which i may perhaps become jealous one of these days it is a young sparrow which i myself intend to tame with great care and for your acceptance the present is not great but the gods themselves take note of the will only the intention is everything and it is never the value of presents that but heaven whence this sadness what ails you melisert and what dark sorrow is reflected in your dear eyes this morning you do not answer me and this mournful silence redoubles my anxiety and impatience speak what has annoyed you what is it it is nothing it is nothing you say and yet i see your eyes full of tears does this agree fair charmer oh do not kill me by concealing it but explain to me what those tears mean it would do me no good to let you know this secret ought you to have anything that i may not know do you not offend this day our loves by wishing to rob me of my share of your troubles oh do not hide it from my affection well myrtil be it so i must tell it you then i have been informed that by a choice very glorious for you eroxene and daphne wish you for their husband and i will confess myrtil that i have the weakness of not being able to hear this without grief without accusing fate of her rigorous law which renders their desires preferable to mine and you can harbour this unjust grief you can suspect my love of weakness and you imagine that bound by such sweet charms i could ever be another's that i would accept any other proffered hand ah what have i done cruel melisette that you treat my tenderness so harshly and judge my heart so badly what ought you even to doubt it it makes me very wretched to suffer this suspicion what is the good of love like mine alas when you are so ready to disbelieve it i would fear these rivals less myrtil if things were equal on both sides and were i of similar rank i might dare to hope that perhaps love would prefer me but the inequality of wealth and birth which makes the difference between them and me ah their rank will not conquer my heart and your divine charms stand you instead of all i love you that is sufficient and in you i see rank wealth treasures state sceptre crown were the greatest monarch's power offered to me i would not change it for the bliss of possessing you this is the sincere and unvarnished truth which to doubt is an insult to me well myrtil since you wish it i believe that your vows are not shaken by their rank and that notwithstanding their nobility riches and beauty your heart loves me well enough to love me better than them but you will not follow the voice of love your father myrtil will dictate your choice 
and I am not dear to him, as I am to you, that he should prefer a simple shepherdess to aught else. No, dear Melisert, neither father nor God shall force me to discard your lovely eyes for ever, queen of my heart, as you are. Ah, Myrtil, take care what you are doing. Do not indulge my heart with hope, which it would perhaps too willingly receive, and which, vanishing afterwards like a passing flash of lightning, would render my misfortune the more cruel. What? Am I to invoke the aid of oaths, when I promise to love you for ever? How you wrong yourself by such alarms! How little you know the power of your charms! Well, since you wish it, I swear by the gods, and if that be not enough, I swear by your eyes, that I shall sooner be killed than leave you, except here on the spot the pledge which I give you, and suffer my lips to seal the oath with transport on this fair hand. Ah, Myrtil, get up for fear you may be seen. Is there aught? But, oh heavens, someone comes to disturb my bliss. Scene 4 Lycarsus, Myrtil, Meleset. Do not let me disturb you. Meleset, aside. Cruel fate. Not at all bad, this. Go on, you two. Bless my heart, dear son, how tender you look, and how like a master you set about it already. Has this sage, whom Athens exiled, taught you all these pretty things in his philosophy? And you, my gentle shepherdess, who so sweetly gave him your hand to kiss, does honor teach you these tender wiles wherewith you thus debauch young hearts? Refrain from these degrading insinuations, and do not pain me with a discourse that insults her. I will speak to her, I will. All this billing and cooing. I will not allow her to be abused. My birth obliges me to have some respect for you, but I shall be able to punish you upon myself for this outrage. Yes, I call heaven to witness that if, against my wishes, you utter again to her the least harsh word, I shall, with this sword, give her satisfaction. My pierced heart shall be your punishment, and my spilled blood promptly convince her how highly I disapprove of your anger. Oh, no, do not believe that I purposely inflame him, and that it is my design to seduce his heart. It is by his own free will that he cares to see me and bears me some good will. I do not force him. Not that I wish to refrain from responding to his tender passion by an equally tender one. I love him. I own it as much as possible, but this attachment has nothing that ought to alarm you. And to disarm all your unjust fears, I promise you now to avoid his presence, to make room for the choice you have resolved upon and not listen to his protestations of love, unless you wish it. Scene 5 Lycarsus Myrtle Well, now she is gone, you triumph. She has spoken, and you have obtained all that you desire. But know that you rejoice in vain, 
and that you will be disappointed in your expectations and that do what you will all your power shall not shake my determination what presumption is this sirrah is this the way to talk to me yes i am wrong it is true and my anger is not seemly i will change my tone as becomes me and i beseech you my father in the name of the gods and by all that can be most dear to you not to use in this conjuncture the supreme power which nature gives you over me do not embitter your most precious gifts i owe my being to you but shall i be indebted to you this day if you render life unbearable to me without maily cert it becomes a torment nothing is of value to me without her divine charms they contain all my happiness and all my desires and if you take them away you take life itself lycarsus aside he makes me share his heartfelt grief who would have ever thought it of the little rogue what passion what excitement what talk for one of his age it quite confuses me and i feel that i am interested in his love Myrtle, throwing himself at Larcarsus' knees say will you condemn me to die you have but to speak i am ready to obey Lycarsus, aside i can hold out no longer he draws tears from me and his tender words make me yield if in your heart a spark of friendship inspires you with the slightest pity for my fate grant mainly cert to my ardent desire and you will give me more than life get up will you take pity on my sighs yes shall i obtain the object of my desires yes you will make her uncle give me her hand yes get up i tell you oh best of fathers let me kiss your hands after so much kindness oh how weak a father is for his children can we refuse aught to their tender words do we not feel some sweet emotions within us when we reflect that they are part of ourselves but will you keep your given promise tell me that you will not change your mind no if any one should make you change your feelings have i your leave to disobey you say yes ah nature nature i will go and see mopsy and acquaint him with the love his niece and you have for each other how much i owe to your exceeding kindness alone what happy news to tell Malisert! i would not accept a crown in exchange for the pleasure of telling her this marvellous success that will please her so much scene six acante tarine myrtle ah myrtle the charms which you have received from heaven are the cause of tears in us their dawning beauty, so fatal to our desires, robs us of the hearts of those we love. May we inquire, Myrtil, which of these two fair ones you will choose, of which there is so much talk, 
and upon which of us too the blow is to fall that shatters all our expectant affections do not let two lovers pine any longer tell us what fate your heart prepares for us it is better when one fears such terrible misfortune to be killed outright by one blow than to linger so long let your love resume its calm career noble shepherds the lovely melisert has captivated my heart my lot is sweet enough with her not to wish to encroach upon you and if your passions have only mine to fear neither of you will have any cause to complain can it be myrtle that two sad lovers can it be true that heaven giving way to our tortures yes content with my fetters as with a victory i have declined this choice so full of glory i have also changed my father's wishes and made him consent to my happiness acante tutarine ah what a charming miraculous adventure this is and what a great obstacle it removes to our pursuits it may restore these nymphs to our love and be the means of making us both happy scene seven nicandra myrtle acante Carine. do you know where melisert may be found what do you mean she is being looked for everywhere and why we shall soon lose this beauty it is for her that the king has come hither it is said that he will marry her to some great lord oh heaven explain these words i pray they are important and mysterious events yes the king has come to seek melisir in these spots and they say that formerly her mother belize of whom all tempe believe mopsa to be the brother but i have undertaken to look for her everywhere you shall know all about it by and by oh great gods what a calamity he nicandra nicandra let us follow him that we may know all End of Act Two. End of Melisette. A heroic pastoral in two acts by Moyer. Translated by Henri von Lorme.